Thanks, Bindi. Uh, if you want to, you might want to keep that hand out just in front of you. Um, I, I don't know what a wedding fail is in your mind. What, what would have to happen for you to consider a wedding to be a failure? Uh, something to do with, you know, a dress malfunction, uh, maybe something, the food at the reception, the bride not rocking up. Uh, yeah, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? I don't know if you've heard the one where a bloke had his, uh, his cricket grand final on the same day as his wedding. Uh, and it was a morning, you know, cricket's in the morning. It was an afternoon, evening wedding. So he thought he could fit in both, but he, he didn't realise he was late to his own wedding. Uh, well, he realised when his bride turned up at the cricket game. Uh, that's, that's a fail. Uh, to, to give you a, a bit of a sense of the situation that, that Bindi just read for us, a, a Jewish wedding could be a, a whole week of celebration, a, a week of partying. You, you and I, we might get the odd wedding invite and what's that? It's half a day, a day maybe. If, if it's away, you set aside a weekend. But a Jewish wedding in comparison is more like a festival. Uh, you, you apply for annual leave just to go to that thing. Now, I, I recognise a lot of Aussies love to have a drink uh, at, a, at a wedding reception, you know, relax, let the hair down. So, so when the bar tab runs out, that can be sad, can't it? Uh, but it's just half a day. Uh, you know, keep things in perspective. It's not that big a deal. You imagine this happening at a Jewish festival-like wedding. It's a couple of days in and the wine's gone. There's not hours to go, but there's days to go. And in Jewish culture, wine is actually a symbol of joy. So it's a case of no wine, no joy. Uh, by the way, the bridegroom was the one who was responsible for the success of the wedding banquet. So the bloke's the wedding planner, if you like, and, and if he doesn't produce his guests, the family of the bride, they're quite within their rights to seek compensation. Uh, my steak was underdone. I asked for medium rare, out came medium. So now I'm going to sue you. Uh, I think the steak thing's overstating it slightly, but, you know, some marriages get off to a bad start. But imagine being sued by your in-laws because of what happened on the actual wedding day. Getting a sense of the situation, Cain is a really small town, much smaller than Bagara. Everyone knows everyone, and in the honour-shame Jewish culture, to run out of wine is an absolute social catastrophe. So when we get to verse 3, the background behind Mary's words, when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Mary's not a desperate alcoholic asking Jesus to shoot down to the local. She has a sense of the situation. This is a social catastrophe. And Jesus, he steps up, doesn't he? He, he turns six stone water jars, 600 litres roughly in capacity, into 600 litres of the finest wine. And I love this bit, without even realising what happened, the MC or the master of the banquet, he sort of, he quietly takes the bridegroom aside 
and he says, verse 10, everyone brings out the good stuff first, and when everyone's had too much to drink, out comes the cheap stuff. Makes sense. But you have saved the best till now. Jesus brings the joy, huge quantity, outstanding quality. And I reckon it's amazing that this is actually the first miracle that Jesus performs. Some view the God of the Bible as a a killjoy. Like if there was wine at a party, Jesus would turn it into water. But here Jesus brings the joy. He saves some unknown couple's wedding banquet. And as wonderful as all of that is, if your handout is there in front of you, Verse 11 tells us what is actually going on. It says this, what Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. You see that this is actually about the glory of this Jesus. Why? So that the disciples believe. We shouldn't think that Jesus sort of just rocked up out of the blue in the first century, boom, with no context to understand who he was and what he was doing. No, there's there's years and years and years of history that gives the context to grasp who Jesus is and what he's doing. The miracle is a sign that points to something beyond itself. Jesus isn't just into party tricks. No, what he does here points to something greater. And some of you will know that marriage in the Bible is a a beautiful picture of the perfect relationship that God wants to have with his people. The Old Testament that points forward to Jesus' arrival, that the Hebrew scriptures describe God's coming king, the Messiah, as the ultimate bridegroom. And to God, providing an unmatched wedding banquet, a festival-like reception beyond all others. The Jews, they were waiting for the coming king, And the arrival of this king had all of this symbolism attached to it. One example of that is in Isaiah the prophet, written about 700 years before Jesus entered history. Chapter 25 of Isaiah says, On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet of aged wine, the best of meats and the finest of wines. The coming of this king was to be marked with an abundance of wine. Jesus saves a couple's wedding by providing a feast of fine wine, but he also signals the arrival of the promised king. It's him. He's the bridegroom who brings ultimate joy. Hey, well, what does this have to do with us? Um, this whole document, John's Gospel, is written by John, an eyewitness, and he says, These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. 
So we have this bloke, Jesus, who saved some couple's wedding banquet. He's signaling something bigger. He's the long-awaited king. And we keep reading this account, and he's going to raise the dead. He's going to heal the sick. He's going to feed the hungry. He'll even die on a cross only to rise a few days later. Uh, John Webster, he said this, Belief or faith, it's not the capacity to believe things without evidence or a great flood of emotion in which we lose touch with real life. Faith is what happens when my life is knocked down, bowled over by the dazzling, marvellous reality of God in Jesus Christ. See, what happens when we begin to believe in the Lord Jesus is that in some way we are knocked down, bowled over, dazzled. I don't know if any, has anyone seen that uh, TV show Goggle Box? Show of hands, if you game. Yeah, it's, it's good. Uh, and what it is, it's, it's a TV show where you watch people watching TV. Uh, it's, a, it's better than it sounds. Uh, and it's actually a really efficient way to watch TV because you're watching multiple shows at once. You just get the summary. Uh, anyway, the, the, Jen and I are watching this show and the people that they were watching, Gogglebox were watching a show uh, where um, I think it was Raising a Star or something was the, the show. The, the summary is it's four families pursuing fame and fortune for their talented children. In pursuit of success for their children... The parents pushed these kids so hard that they were crushing them. It's really sad to watch. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a lovely thing, of course, a, a parent wanting their kid to succeed in their, in their talent. But, a, but as you watch this show via Gogglebox, it, it seemed it was just becoming everything for the parent, the success of this child. Their hopes and dreams wrapped up in their child's success. And we'd obviously say that's no good, is it? Our children don't have the capacity to fulfill our hopes and dreams. You just end up crushing the child. But I, but I wonder if you find yourself doing something like this in another way. Trying to make your work the thing that will fulfill you when ultimately it won't, it can't. Or some other human relationship, a life partner, trying to make this person fulfil you when they, when they can't. Maybe even it's for you, it's things, the latest toy. When I get this, then I'll be happy. Some new tech or tool. As we long for something more, and we do in this life, we long for more, uh, Jeff has shown us, reminded us of how broken and difficult this life can be. As we long for something more, we can so easily try and make something that cannot produce into something that can. Trying to force our children to fulfill our hopes and dreams. Trying to make our job into something that it isn't. Trying to make a life partner make us feel happy and special. 
none of these things can carry the weight of what we want them to do or be. Just as that unnamed bridegroom couldn't carry the weight of his own wedding day. The claim of the Bible is that Jesus can carry the weight. He carries the weight, our weight, the weight of our sin on, on that cross. And he is the one who brings joy like no other. Uh, C.S. Lewis famously said, We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what it is what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea we are far too easily pleased i wonder if you might reflect for yourself this afternoon are you seeking fulfillment in something that cannot bring it it's my prayer that your life may be knocked down bowled over by the dazzling, marvellous reality of God in Jesus Christ. Yeah, that wedding banquet imagery, Jesus brings the joy. In part, we can know this joy now through relationship with God, through Jesus' death on that cross. Sins forgiven, adopted into God's family today. But for those who trust in him, when Jesus returns... That's when the wedding banquet really gets started. I'm going to pray. Please uh, bow your heads with me. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus saves some couple's wedding celebration. We thank you that he shows his power, his glory, by turning water into copious amounts of fine wine. We thank you that he signals the coming of the Messiah, the long-awaited King. We thank you that Jesus brings joy. And this afternoon, Lord, I pray that you would help each one of us seek joy in him and no other thing. Lord, help us understand the great things we have in this life are gifts from you to enjoy and that true fulfillment, ultimate joy is found in Jesus, the King who came, lived and died and rose again, the King who will return and put on the greatest banquet of all time. We pray in his great name. Amen. We're going to sing.